Well, good morning. And you guys are wondering, why are we here? Why are we doing this stuff? I mean, at least around here, you expect me to come to church and hear a sermon unpacking some piece of the Bible and the focus on, well, as Jesus followers. How, how, how do you do life as a Jesus follower? How does it make life better? Which it does. But instead, for actually for the next four months or so, we're going to focus on why we believe in God, why we believe in Jesus. I'm going to try to make the case that the evidence for God is incredibly strong. In fact, I actually believe it takes more faith to reject God than to believe in Him. So I'm doing a little series on what is called apologetics, defending the faith, why we believe in God, why it's credible. Do you have a reason that you believe? And different parts of the series are going to appeal to different of you because different kinds of clues are persuasive to different people. Some of you guys have a science bent. You'll be interested in what we're doing this morning and next week. The rest of you can just kind of tolerate it, I hope. For those with kind of a logical, philosophical bent, we're going to get there. For those with a historical bent, we're going to get there. For those who believe because it feels right, well, it's not enough. Is there a reason? Can you give a reason why you believe? And here's one of the biggest reasons, guys, that I'm doing this apologetic series. Here it is. We're losing our kids. The church is losing its kids. And if you're a grandparent, we're losing our grandkids. And if that doesn't break your heart, you're twisted. Because out there, online, in our schools, entertainment, even politically, following Jesus is being marginalized, mocked, and ridiculed. And our kids are being taken in. So are some of you guys. But our kids are particularly susceptible. You guys need to understand that atheism is a fad out there. Not because atheism is so smart, I think, but because it has become more acceptable, more courageous, more sophisticated to move past the old-fashioned, regressive, and repressive beliefs in God. And you know what's at stake? Life to its fullest in this world and an eternal life afterwards. The stakes can't be higher. And we've got to toughen up our kids, which means we've got to toughen up their parents and their grandparents spiritually. Because bottom line, guys, a whole boatload of Jesus followers are not doing a very good job parenting or grandparenting spiritually. Our kids need to see a robust, confident, courageous and intelligent faith in us if they're going to have a robust and confident and intelligent and courageous faith in them. It's getting more hostile. So we need to be able to express why we believe in God. Why doing life with God for God, God's way, makes life better and it makes more sense than any of the alternatives. I really believe it does. That's just one of the whys. We're going to get back to some of those reasons as we move through this series. Now, here we go. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. That's as far as we got last week, right? When this universe began, when our story started, our beginning, God was already there. See, the book of Genesis is not about God's beginning. It's about our beginning, the beginning of our story. At the beginning, God was there. And in that world, everybody figured some God must be there. From the opening words of Genesis to the last words of Revelation. But everybody in that world just assumed there had to be some kind of a God. So none of the guys of the Bible 
tried making any arguments for the existence of God because there were very few people in that world that questioned it. And the psalmist says, only the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And guys, if there really is a God, he's dead on right. Well, this week we're going to add the rest of the verse. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created. God created the heavens and the earth. This universe is what we call creation. Creation requires a creator. And according to Genesis, that's God. And I have heard of no better explanation, guys. Genesis, according to Genesis, God created creation, what we call ex nihilo, out of nothing. Before God created stuff, there's nothing except God. And then God created something out of nothing. And that's wild, isn't it? But can you give any better explanation of how stuff started? According to Genesis, God says, let there be light, and there was. He said, let there be stars and planets, and there were. He said, let there be animals and plants, and let there be this one special creature who bears my image. And we became. The Apostle Paul calls God the God who brings the dead back to life. We did that with Jesus and will with us. And the God who creates new things out of nothing. Out of nothing. Something only a God can do, if you think about it. There's no better explanation, guys. There's an old joke. It's a great old joke. A lot of you guys have probably heard this joke. It's one of my favorites, and I tend to retell jokes. So here it is again. You ready? And one day, a group of scientists get together. They decided that as humans, we no longer needed God. So they picked a scientist to go be their rep and tell God we're done with him. The scientist says to God, God, we really don't need you anymore. We can clone people, we can manipulate atoms, we can build molecules, fly through space, do so many things that we once thought were miracles. We really don't need you anymore. God listened patiently, and when the scientist was done talking, God says, well, all right. But before I go, let's say we have a little contest, a man-making contest. The scientist said, all right, we can do that now. We can do that. But God said, let's do it like I did it in the old days. Scientist said, fine. And he reached down and picked up a handful of dirt. And God said, uh-uh, no, no. Get your own dirt. We're pretty smart, we think. Ex nihilo? Out of nothing? What other explanation makes sense of what is here at all? It's a big question, right? Why is there something rather than nothing? Why is there anything at all? rather than nothing at all. Where did stuff come from in the first place? Who, who made it? Who started it? And it really boils down to one of two options, right? Either the universe started itself, which would be a stunning miracle, or a God who has no beginning, in our beginning, created the heavens and the earth. Which alternative do you think requires more faith? An eternal creator God? or a non-eternal universe that somehow pops into existence on its own. Let me give you a little context. I guess for the longest time, most of those who didn't buy the Bible story God created, most of them figured the universe just always was. It's eternal. And they kind of figured you don't need a creator if the universe has always been here. 
And for the most part, people in that world kind of thought the universe was static. It's, it really doesn't change. And you look at the constellations and the stars, and they're always where they should be. You, you know that a few of them wander through. We call them planets. And every day is going to be about 24 hours, and every year is going to have these regular seasons. It's always the same old, always predictable, right? You can pretty much count on the same. Cowboys make it to the playoffs, they're going to lose, right? Predictable. Exasperating. Till about 100 years ago when these scientists began to realize that this universe isn't so static, it's changing in a way that would mean it doesn't look like it is eternal. Now, you really can't see the changes with your naked eye because the universe is so big, but it is changing. And the way it's changing looks like it hasn't always been here. They began to figure that the universe had a birth date, go figure, and it just blew their minds. This guy named Einstein, I guess, the one who kind of got it started with this theory of relativity. People started thinking this thing is way weirder than we thought it was. And then you got a guy named Hubble. You have probably never heard of Hubble, but you've probably heard of the Hubble telescope, right? Named after him. Kept studying the stars, began to realize that so many of the stars that you see in the sky are not stars, they're actually galaxies. Boatloads of these galaxies made up of billions of stars each. And by studying the color of the light that those things were given off, they begin to understand that these galaxies are all spreading out, getting farther and farther apart like a humongous balloon on steroids. And they started thinking, well, if you can track where it's going, can you track where it came from? And they figured out it looked like everything is expanding from a single point of space and time. Looks like everything in this universe started from something that was infinitesimally small and unimaginably dense. Bottom line, my son said 14.6, he's off by about 8 billion years or whatever. Standard, I think, is somewhere around 13.8 billion years ago. That's kind of the consensus that this universe was birthed. It wasn't there, then it was. Now, I know that some of you guys don't think the universe is that old. That's not the point. I don't care how old the universe is. The point is, it began. It started. It has a birth date. That's the point. And that raised this question for these scientists. How did this infinitesimally small, unimaginably dense thing get there in the first place? Did it birth itself? Or did someone outside of our universe birth it? Did the universe just spring into existence on its own? That'd be the biggest miracle ever, wouldn't it? Or is there a creator who in the beginning created the heavens and the earth? And that was troublesome to a whole lot of these guys because there's really only two options, right? The universe created itself or it was created. Which meant that you had to accept the possibility of some kind of God which for a lot of these agnostic and atheistic scientists, not all of them were, but some of them were, that was hard to buy. So here it is. Here's the logic. Here's the clue. Here's the fingerprint of God, I think. Are you ready? A lot of people pull it into a little syllogism. It's called the cosmological clue, the cosmological argument for God. In its simplest form, it goes like this. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe began 
to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. And if you think about it, that's pretty tight. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. Everything that begins to exist was caused by something else. Now, the key word is this one, begins. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. Nothing births itself. If it begins, someone begun it, right? Number two, the universe began to exist. A lot of guys wouldn't have bought that about 100 years ago. Pretty much the assumption now. Most guys who study this stuff are going to guesstimate somewhere around 13.8 billion years ago the universe began to exist. In other words, this universe is not eternal. It has not always been. Therefore, logically, it's got a cause. If everything that begins to exist has a cause, then our universe has a cause. Something not part of this universe something that pre-existed had to cause it. Listen, guys, logically, some kind of uncaused creator has to exist. Someone who by nature is eternal, someone who is infinitely powerful, someone who looks a whole lot like God. There has to be someone like that to get this whole thing started. He has to be outside of space. He has to be outside of time. He has to be incredibly powerful. He has to be incredibly smart. You buy that? It's one of the reasons I keep saying, guys, it takes too much faith to be an atheist. You really think this immense but finite universe just popped into existence on its own? Really? Well, I'm going to put a little meat on those bones. Go right back through it and just kind of talk a little bit about more the reasons for it, everything that begins to exist has a cause. That would not apply to an eternal God. A lot of people say, well, who caused God? Well, if God is by nature eternal, He doesn't have a cause. The universe is not eternal. If that's so, if God has always been, then God doesn't require a cause. This universe is not eternal. We know it. And it's illogical and irrational and flat-out magic to think it just created itself. Nothing that exists in this universe causes itself to exist. Nothing with a birthday births itself. It's crazy. There has to be someone who is before it, someone who's pre-existent, someone who is eternal. Whatever begins to exist has to have a cause. Now, you understand this, right? You understand it in every other context. If I told you guys I do not have a mom and a dad, I don't. I just popped into existence one day all on my own about 35 years ago. <laughs> Would you buy that? Which part? That'd be delusional. Lathy and Andy. Andy's my boy, right? Got my DNA. What if I told you that Julie and I had nothing to do with his being in existence, right? I'm a preacher. I wouldn't do that kind of stuff, all right? They just popped into their existence, showed up at the house one day. Would you buy that? No. This building, someone built it. This chair, this table, this TV. They had creators, this iPad, clothes I'm wearing. They're not eternal. So someone made them. And we know that intuitively, don't we? I mean, guys, it just doesn't work. I mean, you're leaving Best Buy and security stops you and they see that laptop under your coat and... 
You're like, well, how'd that get there? It wasn't there a minute ago. It just popped into existence, right? Right here under my coat. Cops going to buy that? See, we know it logically, intuitively, rationally. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. It did. They're constantly tweaking the details, but the bottom line, the consensus is, scientific consensus is, that about somewhere on the 23rd of January, 13.8 billion B.C., this universe was born. Now, they squabble. Some guys think it was March. Squabble over the details, but most cosmologists, I'm not saying cosmetologists, I'm saying cosmologists. Someone asked me last week what hairstyling had to do with any of this stuff. Those cosmologists, guys who study the cosmos, they figure somehow there was this singularity is what they call it, this infinitesimally small point in space with incredible density and mass, and it exploded. Big bang. Prompted a TV show. That's a joke. It is a good show. In other words, once there was nothing, and then there was this infinitesimally small point in space with incomprehensible density and mass, and then the universe began to exist. And the conclusion that the universe is not eternal doesn't just come from the fact that it's expanding like a humongous balloon. There's also this thing they call entropy, which means the universe is kind of running out of gas. It's wearing down. The amount of usable energy in our universe is declining, so eventually it's going to burn out. Don't worry about it. We've got a few trillion years left. You'll probably be dead, unless the Creator decides to tweak the guy in the timeline. But if the universe is running out of gas, then it cannot be eternal, because logically it would have run out of gas an eternity ago. Number one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. That's the next slide. What's the next slide? Everything that begins to exist have a cause makes sense. Number two, the universe began to exist. It is not eternal. Therefore, the universe has a cause. A cause outside of itself. Someone else created it, a creator. The universe is not eternal. Someone else caused it. And if you keep thinking it out, you're going to realize that for things to exist, for anything to exist, there has to be something that is eternal, right? There has to be a creator somewhere who is eternal, who transcends time, space, matter, energy, someone who is enormously powerful. I mean, to create something out of nothing, ex nihilo, omnipotent, maybe? And you have to be enormously smart. I mean, the complexity of this thing, the complexity of even the tiniest pieces of this thing. Omniscient, maybe? Eternal, transcendent, omnipotent, Omniscient? Sound like God to you? Like the God of the Bible to you? And I don't have time to unpack this piece, but it looks like God did it on purpose. Now I know that there are alternatives that some guys are exploring. I'm not going to try to unpack all those alternatives this morning. I could point you to some resources that play with it. Some guys are trying to find their way around a creator through quantum physics. I mean, as weird as it sounds, there are these extraordinarily small quantum particles, like quarks, that just seem to pop into existence on their own. So some of them are speculating, maybe before this Big Bang, when the whole universe was an infinitesimally small, immensely dense particle, maybe just it's 
sprang into existence on its own like a quark. Bottom line, the theory has real serious issues. It's a whole lot easier to believe in a creator. Other guys are trying to figure out if maybe the multiverse is a way of getting around or needing a god. Bottom line, it doesn't. It just makes the creator just bigger if there is such a thing. It's a multiverse. Bottom line, guys, the idea that our universe birthed itself would require a way bigger miracle than the idea of an eternal, transcendent, omnipotent, omniscient God, like the God of the Bible. Either he did it, or someone who looks a whole lot like him. And guys, a whole lot of the greatest cosmologists in the world, not cosmetologists, a lot of the greatest cosmologists in the world, right? a lot of them are bending, are beginning to see it. Robert Jastrow is an astronomer, professor in places like Yale, Columbia, Dartmouth, head of the NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, who wrote a bunch of books, received a boatload of awards, and he was an agnostic. But, he says, he began to believe that if the universe had a beginning, it must have had a creator. He says, for the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. Scales the mountains of ignorance, about to conquer the highest peak. He pulls himself over the final rock, and he's greeted by a band of theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. Well, maybe they were right. There's no better explanation for this thing than God. Alan Sandage, one of the most influential astronomers of the 20th century, he took over for Hubble after Hubble died kind of the forefront of the guys who were in there calculating the age of this universe. He came to conclude that Big Bang had to be a supernatural event that could not be explained by physics. He says, it was my science that drove me to the conclusion. It is only through the supernatural that I can understand the mystery of existence. Guys, you can't get to the natural without going through the supernatural. Stephen Meyer is an extremely smart guy. In fact, some of the book that I was, some of the stuff I was talking to about this morning, I stole from his book, Return of the God Hypothesis. Great book, pretty deep, but great. He says, you can invoke neither time, space, matter, or energy. You, can't, you can invoke the laws of nature. They don't work to explain the origin of the universe. He says, general relativity points to the need for a cause that transcends, a transcendent cause. And theism, a belief in God, affirms the existence of that cause, God. In short, he says, naturalism, atheism, agnosticism is on hard times in cosmology. Because the deeper you get into it, he says, the harder it is to get rid of the God hypothesis. One more, Nobel Prize winning physicist, astronomer named Arno Penzias. He tracked the residual radiation out there that somehow confirms this notion of a Big Bang and here's how he put it. He says, the best data we have are exactly what I would have predicted had I had nothing to go on but the first five books of Moses, Psalms, and the Bible as a whole. <laughs> Looks like in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, go figure. One more joke, ready? What did Moses know about the universe that Einstein didn't? That it began and God did it. 
bottom line. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. Do you understand that? Everything that begins to exist has a cause. It doesn't include God. Nothing finite begins itself. Nothing finite births itself. The universe began to exist. Scientific consensus is that around 13.8 billion years ago, it was born. Therefore, the universe has a cause, something different, something eternal, something transcendent, something that is not part of this universe had to birth it somehow. Someone has to stand outside of time, outside of space, which means he's transcendent. He has to be incredibly powerful and incredibly smart, omnipotent, omniscient. In other words, that someone has to whole, look a whole lot like God. There has to be someone like God to get this thing started. There's no better alternative, guys. You think the idea that it just popped into existence on its own is a more logical, viable alternative? Guys, it takes too much faith to be an atheist. And I know there are people out there that are trying to frame us as anti-science and superstitious and gullible. We're not. You don't have to know the science, but I want you to know the big idea. Why are you here? Why is anything here at all? Are you made by a creator or did it just spring into existence on its own? Is there a creator, someone who transcends this all, who's eternal, standing outside of space and time, infinitely power, infinitely smart, like God? Listen, guys. It's not enough for you just to sit there thinking, I guess it makes sense. Can you articulate it? Can you give it as a reason that you believe in God? Can you explain it to your kids, to your friends, if they ask you a question? Can you give a reason for the faith that you have in God? You don't have to understand the science, guys. Just get that little syllogism. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. It hadn't always been here. Therefore, it had to be caused by someone who is preexistent, someone like God. Guys, that is a powerful evidence for believing in God. It's only one of many. It may not appeal to some of you guys. That's fine. We're going to get to others that might, I hope. But listen, guys, if there really is a God like that out there, if there really is an eternal God infinitely power and infinitely smart who created you on purpose. How are you going to respond to that God when he nudges you? Because he will and he does. How are you going to respond when that God tells you how life works best? And how are you going to respond if that creator God lets you know that he wants to do life with you? Are you going to accept his invitation? I'm telling you guys, it's going to make a difference. It'll make a difference in your life now. It'll make a difference in your eternity.